Hi, this is Marcus, and I never listened to I Doubt It with Dalimore, but I am looking forward to I Doubt It with Brittany and Drew. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dullamore. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show, and thank you. It's almost like I forgot how to do this. Episode 352 of I Doubt It with Dullamore. I am your host, Jesse Dullamore. And sitting across from me, that fan favorite, Brittany Page. So I feel uh, deliriously tired right now. I, you look deliriously tired. That's so, almost insulting, so maybe I shouldn't say that's that. That's fine. I don't <laughs> care. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's. I'm going to try to keep it together, but I'm, I'm just saying right now that I'm having a difficult time. feel a little slow. There's been a lot of sleep happening, though. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong. Um, well, I am very stressed out because there are behind the scenes things going on that I don't want to talk about. Um, stuff that I am doing. <laughs> then don't talk about it if you're not going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. And so I'm like dying of stress. But um, okay. You're hoping to come out of the stress. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> tired. <laughs> so we were absent for an episode and unfortunately it was on a weekend coming off in going into a weekend so it seems like a long time since we've done an episode even for me it seems like a long time even for you well i mean i'm sure for the listeners it's it seems like uh god damn this guy's taking forever to come back right but you know, sometimes that seems that sometimes that's like a vacation. Like, ah, oh, we didn't do a show, but it's even. Don't question me. Let me just do my thing. Okay. God, your tiredness is 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 being translated into shittiness. You're tired. No, your tiredness. I'm saying you're tired. I am not tired. I am bright eyed and bushy tailed, <laughs> as always. Mm, as always. So anyway. We, Brittany posted that I was feeling under the weather and that we'd come back after the weekend. And it, uh, w- there was a whole thread in the the do- the the, the Dollamore listener discussion group. Yeah, I didn't name that. I didn't. Someone else named that. I don't know why I feel compelled to always say I didn't name it, even though I named this fucking show and it has my stupid name. Well, in now it. everyone thinks you for sure named it. <laughs> so that's what just happened with that. Right. <laughs> so. So, um, when Brittany said I felt under the weather, it wasn't that I'm like on my fucking deathbed with illness. It's just, I want to put out the best show possible. Sometimes I don't feel like it's going to be the best. And in those cases, I would rather take a day than force it and then have it be a shitty show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. This isn't starting off well. Maybe I should take this day off, too. Well, apparently I should have taken the day off because I just complained about being tired for a long time. No, but that's not going to impact the quality of the show. You know, sometimes you're just not in the mood because of whatever reason. Yeah. Especially in these trying times. Mm -hmm. It's one of those days. Yeah. So thank you guys for being patient. We appreciate it. it. You know, this is... I'm not complaining because I have the best goddamn job in the world, but sometimes it gets a little tough in 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 precarious political times, and you just need a day. At least I just need a day. So then we also went to Patricon. Yes. Which was a two-day conference in L.A. Um, for Patreon. And they had uh, different speakers, the CEO of the company spoke, um, different workshop type things to help you with your page and uh, help you just with different areas of advice for creators, people that are making things and getting paid for it. And that is what they do for a living. I learned a lot a lot more about Patreon in general. I mean, one, they're rolling out some awesome things that are going to be great for us to be able to 
communicate directly with the listeners mm-hmm. to actually interact on a more regular basis than, let's say, even our monthly Google slash Zoom hangout call that we do. Yeah. S- stuff that, that's super cool that we'll be rolling out and talking to you guys about. But I was interested about because we are quote unquote podcasters. I don't know why it's quote unquote, but we're podcasters. And I just, I don't know why. I just assumed that Patreon was mostly podcasters. Oh, no. And goddamn. No. It is not. In I fact, think very we, few. Yeah. We, there, we were in the minority. Yeah. There of, were a lot of musicians, people who write songs. Um, some artists like like visual artists drawing artists yeah um <laughs> um i guess i i don't know why i said artists because when i when i say the word artist i just think of someone who can draw yeah, yeah even yeah. though it so much is under that umbrella right. um yeah it was really interesting the- we, we even met someone who they create printable stickers for people that like they don't have like a a website that they it was very weird anyway it's just it's an it's an amazing thing how vibrant and diverse the patreon community is yeah and we met a lot of really passionate staff that works for patreon as well um i wasn't there for it but you saw the CEO of the company speak, and apparently he cried during his um, speech. Yeah, very, very moving and meaningful for me. And then another member of the staff cried when he was giving a presentation, uh, talking about how it's the honor of his life to serve us. (laughs) Um, Why do you laugh? Because it's great. It's awesome. (laughs) I, it was, I think, a little shocking. A little Um, unexpected. Yeah. Uh, but it was awesome. I mean, it's these people who are just genuinely passionate about what they do. Yeah. And I think that's rare. Well, let me say this about it. One, you and I are, we're skeptics. And so I'm always trying to suss out the, what's the angle here? Is this guy trying to fucking game, game everybody? And let me say. Yeah, but who's like that? Who is more like You're that? You're for sure more like okay, that. Okay, there we go. Even when 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 you see an actress on a show. All right, relax. Like don't take a, it too far. In no. an interview. No, 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 relax. We don't no, have to no. talk about what it is. Okay. You're, you always are like, <laughs> like if they're talking about their life or whatever, and they start crying, you're like, ah, you just can't trust an you actor. You know what? You, <laughs> you are being excessive right no, now. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. So anyway, we're both like that. I don't know why you want to have the fucking trophy that you're well, the most like that. I don't want to have a trophy anymore because you took it to a place that makes me look like a dick and that's not what I was hoping for. So anyway, Brittany and I are both equally <laughs> like that. <laughs> and uh oh. when Jack Conti, who was mm-hmm. the C- the founder and CEO, he's the I guess the lead singer or a member of the the band Pomplamoose. I don't Sorry, Jack. I, I don't know what that is, but I am always looking for the angle, and there was no angle. If anybody was going to think, oh, yeah, this guy's fucking faking it to really endear the audience, it would be me, and I did not feel that way. I was moved. In fact, I had to kind of keep it together. Mm-hmm. The audience knows I'm not one to suppress tears. I'm not ashamed of crying in front of people, mm-hmm. but there's if you're a crier, you know there's a there's a threshold where... If you, you kind of keep it together, you can just shed a few tears and it's good. But if you let it go too far, then you're a blubbering fucking mess. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to be that yeah. there. Yeah. So I I kept it together. But anyway, it was it was beautiful. He was talking about his life and 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 the all of the failures and the smattering of successes that come in everyone's life. And it was uh I didn't agree with everything because I believe that the failures that, that that happened along the way, they all make up for setting the stage for the successes. And but it was it was meaningful, it was emotional, it was real. And I found that as a thread running through every single employee that I talked to. And there were many, because they sure. were very engaging. Yeah. 
And that, uh, look, you always want to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And after having attended Patreon, being involved with Patreon, <laughs> there's a reason they did that, um, makes me feel like we're a part of something bigger than just this show. That we're a part of a community that is meaningful and we can rely on others in it and the company. And it's it just, it's good people. You always want to be involved with good people. And I feel like we are. Yeah. So. I do want to give a tip to anyone who might be um, invited as a guest speaker anywhere. Um, don't say things like, you don't know low when you're talking. Well, give give reference. Well, to what no, you mean. I just I don't want to give specifics, but someone was invited as a speaker and they were talking and it was about like not doing well in business even though they were working for a multi-million dollar company and uh, flying to Tokyo and because some of the business dealings weren't going as they wanted, they they said you don't know low. This was the lowest point in life. And <laughs> I talked to some people after this and I was like, I was, that really rubbed me the wrong way, you know, cause you know, there's people like lying in the streets and stuff. Right. Uh, that person who have never been to Tokyo, right. who will never go to Tokyo, who, who may have never flown on a plane. Yeah. Um, and when I was saying this, they were like, Oh my God, I'm so glad that you said something. I'm so glad I wasn't the only one that felt this way. Because it was a really weird thing to yeah. say. Well, it was it was after someone had gotten fired from their position in their multi billion dollar company, and they're they're in their office commiserating about this is the lowest point of our lives. A couple of millionaires, possibly billionaires, commiserating with one another about this being the lowest moment of anybody's life. Get the fuck out of here. Well, they went on to um, be okay, very okay. No, 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 for sure, okay. No, no, you mean that the the outcome ended up great. Yeah, well, even sure. then it was okay. Like, it wasn't like... Right, it wasn't really... They were homeless and... It was a relative low. How do I get home? <laughs> All of my things are, like, gone, right. you know? Um, I lost my house in a fire. Everything's gone. Yeah, and maybe I'm, like, nitpicking, but... No, it's not I, nitpicking. It, just, it rubs you the wrong way yeah, when, you're, when you're watching someone who... <laughs> trying to speak in generalities, um, worked for someone very famous and successful and has a lot of money, had a lot of money up there saying that. It just is a little tone deaf. Uh, so I think it's a good idea to not like step out of your own space and think about where the audience might be coming from, yeah. especially when you're talking to a room full of people that are like writing music and as a full-time job who, and trying to get paid for it. Who likely have known lows far lower than what you're describing. Yeah, so, I don't know. Just a tip. <laughs> a, a tip in this anonymous story that yeah, we're telling. a tip for the public speakers. Try not to offend your audience or piss them off by saying something extremely tone deaf. Well, just think outside of your own bubble if you make a declaratory statement like that. Yeah. That you... You, I'm speaking to you, the audience. You, if you think you know low, you, don't. you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it was lame. Be careful with that. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we did miss a lot when we were gone because in this age of news, it is, it is a 24, this period in, in, in world history, maybe like any other is more befitting a 24-7 news cycle than ever before. Shit is breaking constantly and aggressively, not only related to the Donald Trump administration, but before we get to all of that, because we're going to talk uh, about the different things we missed, we have a buildup. Well, that sounded like a medical condition. We have a buildup of voicemails and emails that we want to get to Let's start with an email. There was no name in this email, so I'm going to read it anonymously. This subject is something that has been really... Brittany is not reading this right now. It is anonymous. It is anonymous. Okay. Even the reader is anonymous. The, <laughs> the subject is what's right and what's real, by the way. The, this... Oh, it's in reference to the, the call 
last week. Yes. This subject is something that has been really close to me personally for a long time. I was raised to dress respectfully and always did. But dressing respectfully doesn't make someone safe from being sexually harassed. I have been sexually harassed wearing a t-shirt and jeans in eighth grade. Usually I don't talk about this, but I feel like right now it's important for women to share their stories. Women are sexually harassed and assaulted no matter what they wear. Clothes aren't the issue. And I believe time would be better spent figuring out why rapists feel the need to rape than telling women what they should and shouldn't wear. Anyway, love the show. Brittany's the best part. Keep the conversation going. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. So this is really powerful because I've I've seen other um, tweets like this where women will say, you know, you're telling me you're telling women that they should wear something in order to not alert men to their sexual parts and then yeah. ignite this sexual frustration that they need to lash out at you. Um, and then they will share a story about being, you know, six years old wearing overalls. Yeah. And having a predatory person harm them. So that's really not what it's about, you know. Um, Even that exhibit that was done at some university, I think, uh, where they uh, talked to women who were victims of sexual assaults and asked them what they were wearing. Oh, right. They, they, They put those clothes on display as an art. Piece. Yeah, not the actual clothes. They tried to like recreate the yeah. outfits and put them on display and it was everything. It was little sundresses for from like a eight year old girl. It was full clothing with like a jacket on. Yeah. You know, it it <laughs> that illustrates the point right there that the clothing isn't the problem. It's the the rapists. It's the mind of the rapist. Yeah, that will rape whoever. And even with the girl who was running the marathon that went into the bathroom and the guy was waiting, trying, and he, yeah. had, he had tried to, I believe the story said that he had tried or he was thinking about raping two women before her, before she came in. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like she walked in. This was in. in the Seattle area. Yeah, it's not yeah. like she walked in in the middle of running her marathon and he didn't want to rape the two before her because their leggings weren't tight enough and hers were just tight enough, you know. It's a, it's a uh, oftentimes a uh, crime of opportunity. Yeah, so it's... Which is, which is one of the reasons why, and this isn't to say that you bring it on yourself, but to keep yourself safe because if, like for instance, Brittany and I have talked about this a lot, when she walks through a parking lot, it's almost like when you see those those lizards and they make them they puff up to make themselves bigger to to be more of a threat to whatever the predator might be Brittany has a way of walking and looking and carrying herself that is i wouldn't say threatening but it is assertive <laughs> and it, it 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 maybe won't um eliminate the the risk but it'll certainly lessen the risk and that goes for if don't don't fucking be texting in a dark parking lot don't be digging for you. Have everything ready. You know you're walking through a minefield, walking through a dark parking lot to get to your car. It's not the safest place. Make yourself that puffed up lizard. Be prepared. Have your keys ready. Be walking with purpose and intent to your car. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not like a, this isn't my area of expertise. It just seems like that would be the most common sense thing to do. I thought you were going to do the Hulk Hogan voice again while you were talking about that. Um, Listen here, brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't. Yeah. I, I always see these things where it's like lists of things that women can do to protect themselves. And it's like have short hair. <laughs> Come on. Um, you know, I, I forget the other ones, but. Like we're supposed to have shaved heads and look co- like look like you're in Marine Corps boot camp. Yeah, constantly be ready to throw down. You know, at some point, it's there. There has to be a balance of just being mindful of a threat if there is one, but also being able to exist in the world without this fear, which is hard to do when there are so many stories and predators and uh, people that make comments that make it, make it apparent that they're not really getting it. You know, there are too many, too many of those. 
So thank you very much, anonymous email reader and anonymous email sender. We appreciate your thoughts very much. Uh, there are two more voicemails on this very topic. I believe these are in response to, I know what they're in response to, but I think it was Sean from Virginia from episode 351. If you want to go back and listen to his call, it was related to what was wrong, what was right and what is real, you know, um, and all in all, I think he, he he was right about what he said. He maybe was a little inartful in the use of his language. And we will get to that. We have another call about something completely different that also kind of addresses that. So let's move on. But I just don't want to slay him too, too terribly bad because I think his heart is in the right place. He's just... Um, He's coming around on it, so we shouldn't fucking crucify the guy. Hey guys, it's Carissa. Um, I just finished listening to episode 351. Um, the good thing about me having a longer drive to work is that you guys can bring me to work and bring me home. It's really awesome. Um, I just wanted to address a few things. I can't remember the name of the guy who called about how women dress and, you know. But um, to that, all I have to say is, come on. Come on, really? What the actual fuck? Um, but I don't think you really meant it that way, like Brittany said. Um, point two about calling in and sounding stupid. I sound just as stupid when I record something for you guys and trip over my own words as I do in real life. Um, don't prepare, just be yourself and your voice is what it is. It's it's like your passport picture. Nobody likes their passport picture, but guess what? You're fucking stuck with that face. Um, the other thing, I think the last thing, no, two more things. Um, thanks for the, the stickers. That was awesome because my one on my car is faded, so I could replace it with a brand new one. Um, oh, yeah, still two more things. Anybody that's considering donating to Patreon, you guys really should because I got on my first couple of calls uh, Zoom call hangout things, and that was awesome. I really feel like I have m like more family out there, um, like seeing the other listeners face to face. It was really fucking cool. So if you know whatever you, know, I highly suggest it. Um, and then the very last thing, I cannot fucking wait till that fucking dumb shit gets his. <laughs> I hope you know I'm talking about fucking Trump. Oh, I was so excited about the Mueller news. I, I can't wait. He reminds me so much of Sam Waterston. I know he's going to get that Weasley little fuck, and I hope he ends up in prison. He's a scumbag. He's making this country god-awful, and I, I just can't wait. So, uh, again, don't worry about sounding stupid and tripping over your words like I just did. And, uh, of course, I love the show. I love you guys. Brittany's still the best part. Sorry, Jesse. You're okay, though. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. I think I don't want to do, um, like, behind-the-scenes things, but it was... You mean how the sausage is made? Yeah, uh, yeah. And <laughs> it was amazing when Carissa joined the Zoom hangout call. Well, let's explain who Carissa is. Well, she's the, the drop that you just heard. That's right. Brittany's the best part. And... She just called in one day and was kind of frustrated, left a voicemail, and then just said that at the end of her voicemail. And that's how that became a thing. And she joined the Zoom call with... Her first one. Yeah, with all of the um, Patreon supporters that are in that tier. And she, we said, oh, it's Carissa. You guys know who Carissa is? And, you know, explained she's Britney's the best part. And... Uh, it was it was like it fucking was Robert Downey Jr. had come in the room. Yeah, it was. She was celebrity <laughs> status on the call, uh, so that was very fun to watch. Yeah, and let's, we love Carissa. Uh, she's a longtime listener. Yeah, not like we like the we love the longtime listeners more than the short term listeners. But there's something about early adopters that you know, they you know a special place. Yeah, you know, a little 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 special place in my heart. Yes. So thank you, Krista. We appreciate it. Um, let's let's move on. I thought that call was more about the 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 Sean from Virginia call, but I was wrong. Like I'm wrong about many many things. Here is a call that is exclusively 
about that, and let's get to it. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Carly. I have been a listener of yours for a while now. Um, I believe I've sent in a couple of emails, but I've never sent in a voice recording before. Um, I live in the heart of Trump country, so I'm so grateful for your podcast because it is a shining light. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to respond to Sean uh, from episode 351 where he was talking about what women wear and the correlation to rape. Um, And you all did a very good job of of covering that issue and, and my thoughts about it. But I just wanted to sort of put my two cents in. Um, The first thing that I wanted to say is that, yes, rape is a sex crime, but rape is often about violence. Um, And when you frame it in the context of it being a violent crime against another person, it makes sort of the rhetoric that we use to talk about it a little silly um, and a little ridiculous. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you wouldn't ask some of the questions that you ask to a person who's been raped, you wouldn't ask those questions to a person who has been physically assaulted in some other way. Um, you wouldn't ask what they were wearing or if they were flirting or if they were leading this person on when they, you know, get the crap beat out of them. So I just don't understand why we use that sort of rhetoric to talk about rape. Um, and I love what Drew said because he's exactly right. You know, rape would be much higher in areas where women naturally wear less clothing if there was a correlation there and there isn't. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to say was Drew used the phrase, you know, put these thoughts in, in men's heads, that these sort of outfits put thoughts in men's heads. Um, and if you are thinking rape when you see a woman who looks sexy, then you were already thinking that before, and you're probably thinking that about women who maybe don't look traditionally sexy. So I feel like that's that's an internal issue, and obviously there is some sort of sickness there, um, like Jesse said. So that is a, is a common excuse, and that is a dangerous, slippery slope, because then suddenly you transition from that thought into another thought into another thought, and then you end up with the woman being culpable for her own rape because she was flirting or she was drunk or she was wearing something sexy. And I just feel like we need to get out of that mindset. Um, And the other thing that I wanted to say was that there are plenty of women in the world who are attracted to other women and do not behave in this way. That isn't to say there isn't sexual violence between um, partners of the same sex who are both female, uh, but it doesn't happen as often. So I kind of feel like there is a an interesting uh, dynamic there and that there might be something deeper on a societal level where talking about women in a certain way or viewing women in a certain way is okay when done by men, but not done by women, Um, which is probably a whole other discussion that has nothing to do with this. But um, I just wanted to say that, that it's just, there's something wrong in the way that we view women in society when it's okay for men to say things like she's putting thoughts in a man's head, you know, her thoughts are probably not that, (laughs) you know, she is obviously probably wanting to be noticed if she's dressing sexy, but she's not wanting to be raped. So I feel like there, we need to kind of get away from that rhetoric, but um, I love your show and I mean no no disrespect to Sean. I agree with Jesse. I think, I don't think that's what he was saying. I think he was just maybe inarticulate in the way he was putting his message forward. Um, And I do just want to say that I, I understand that and I'm not trying to come down hard on him or anything. I just wanted to clarify that that kind of rhetoric is, is dangerous and we need to, to sort of stop talking about rape in those terms. But anyway, I love your show. Um, Brittany, you're wonderful and amazing and I appreciate your voice so much. Jesse, you're great and your anger is cathartic for me. So thank you. Um, and you're both the best part. Bye. That sounds like non-committal bullshit right there. See, Sean, <laughs> this is a safe space. This is a safe space. No, well, I, I, look, right? I'm, I'm glad. First of all, we're never going to change hearts and minds 
if it's all attack, attack, attack. You know what I mean? So if a guy just kind of uses the wrong language, because he was halfway there anyway with what he said, then if you attack the fuck out of the guy, he's going to become recalcitrant or just shut down on the topic altogether. But if you have a dialogue, there's a far higher likelihood of, of changing the way someone thinks about something. I love how you asked me if I, I get what you mean. Anyway. <laughs> I do. I do get what you mean because this is what I talk about, right? Um, when it is necessary, though, it's all right to be a little hostile, I think. Um, well, I think me- meeting hostility with hostility. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, and even in some cases, maybe not. But, you know... I think with Sean, what you were saying is is true. Um, but it's also that these ideas are just so per- pervasive. Yeah. So being able to talk about it in an open way, that is what creates the change, right? Because if, if we just said, you know what, you can't go there. I'm done having this conversation. Well, then Sean wouldn't have heard responses. Yeah. People that feel like Sean does but are afraid to say it would continue to feel that way, right? So by having the conversation, you open up this this dialogue that can result in change. Yeah. So let me address something that Carly said that I think is fucking just beautiful. And that is if you get punched in your face in a bar, when you when you get to the police station to get questioned about what happened, they don't ask you, uh h- how many drinks did you have? What were you? What were you wearing? Those questions aren't a- asked. If you, if you have your car broken into, but you left your door unlocked, it's no less a crime. The things that were stolen from you out of your car, if your stereo got stolen, it is no less an affront or illegal activity because the door was unlocked. And the same fucking thing goes for rape. The exact same, we should look at it the same way because it is a crime. Now, is it, it is a, an offensive, abhorrent crime because it goes, you're, you're damaging the person, not just stealing their shit. But we should be looking at it the same way. And, and people in law enforcement positions should also, especially them, they should be looking at it that way. I was watching something about when the sexual harassment laws first started being talked about, um, like with the Civil Rights Act. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it took a while after that for workplace harassment to be taken seriously. 1980 was the year that sexual harassment became part of the the lexicon, in the lexicon. And they were talking specifically about one of the landmark cases in um, sexual harassment. And this woman was being harassed by many of her employers and her supervisor. And she went above him and complained. And they said, well, anyone in their right mind would want to have sex with you. Yeah. I I think he said, would want to rape you. Maybe that's what he said. Yeah. And... (laughs) I'm watching this like, wait a minute, what? That was something that was said, you know? And then you you start to reflect on what people say today. And it's it's just that this has been so deeply ingrained in the culture. Well, look at how attractive you are. Of course, people are going to want to touch you. Yeah. And assault you. And you go out in public walking a certain way. And you just, you you look good. You know, this is what happens. No, that's not what happens, you know. And I had a friend who just started watching Mad Men. <laughs> and he was telling me that he's never seen it. And he just started watching it. And he said that he can hardly watch it because it makes him so uncomfortable watching how the women were treated yeah. in that time. Yeah. That, that he, can, he cannot watch it. I mean, he said he's going to because... It's good, but um, <laughs> that it's a really uncomfortable situation for him. Well, listen, it's I don't want to go too long on this, but imagine being in a in a in a work environment where there are no women in leadership positions. They're all secretaries. They're all people who get coffee for the men. That's what it was not too goddamn long ago. And hopefully 
with the advent of women having power and the acceptance of women having power, that will eventually fade away. Because I still hear idiots say, I don't know if I could work for a woman. I don't know why I do that voice when I do it. But I come on. Everybody knows why I do that voice when I say that. Whenever a woman <laughs> wants to be president, this is the same kind of thing that happens. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. had Bill O'Reilly talking on his show on Fox News, talking about do they have the temperament to be able to handle it? Thank God that we fought, we did get a president with a very good temperament for the job. Mm, the best, in fact. Ugh. So... Well, it seems obvious that all of these calls are coming on the heels and all this kind of got started because of the, the, the Harvey Weinstein revelations. And I want to talk about that because it seems now, and it doesn't seem, it's happening, the NYPD, there's going to be consequences, what I'm saying. The NYPD has just announced that they are bringing a case against Harvey Weinstein for a rape that occurred in 2010 with an actress, I, I never can remember her name, but she, she was on Boardwalk Empire. Paz de la Herta. Paz de la Herta, that's right. She, now, she, I, I just fucking butchered the name, but um, they are bringing a case. So it looks like there may be justice, especially in the this, this, uh, this climate where people are, are outraged at this, that the, all of these revelations. So that is good news. The other thing is with the Kevin Spacey stuff, there has, now I don't know if there's going to be legal retribution, illegal uh, consequence, but he has, they have, Netflix has fucking cut ties with him. And it's looking with the preponderance of the allegations that he is a child molesting fuck, is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, we'll cover ourselves on all bases legally. But there are multiple kids, multiple adults who have come out and said, when I was a kid, roughly 14, roughly 11, whatever, even Richard Dreyfus' son has come out and said, and he uses the words molested by Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. So this is, I'm glad that all of this is coming to light because it has to be addressed. This cannot be allowed to go go to move on into the future. We 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 can't live in a society that turns a blind eye to sexual assault. No good. So we have another email. Dear Jesse and the best part, it's Emma <laughs> from Minnesota. Emma. I remember a while back Jesse said he didn't believe in rape culture. Now, with the flood of accusations against men ranging from men in, high, in the highest ranks of society to the manager at your local grocery store, I think it is wise for you to reconsider that position, Jesse. I'm not saying that men are high-fiving each other over how many women they have raped, but a high-five can be just as encouraging as silence when it comes to sexual assault. I love you, Jesse, but I think your vision on this issue is clouded by the fact that you are a man who would never think of sexually assaulting anyone because you're not a fucking mook. That's not a bad thing, but it also means your mind has a harder time going to a place where you can imagine that so many men are capable of doing what you're not. Just because the culture is foreign and appalling to you doesn't mean it does not exist. I love the show, and if I wasn't a broke-ass college student, I'd join the Patreon family. I left you a good iTunes review, though, and bought a mug. Emma. Yes! Mugs and iTunes reviews. Perfect. I like little little nuggets in the, in the emails and the voicemails. Mm-hmm. About people reviewing the yes, show. Yes, yes. No profanity. No profanity, because iTunes doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Those fuckers. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, Emma. Uh, it, it is... These, these revelations and all of this shit that's come out in the news, it is certainly making me think. Now, I haven't turned the corner to say uh, definitively that I buy into the rape culture ideology i don't know if that's the right word but i am certainly being more mindful being more thoughtful about it i'm thinking about it a lot more and while very disappointed i I can't say that i'm i'm there quite yet but it is difficult for me i'm finding it more difficult to make the argument that rape culture isn't a thing i just and, and maybe maybe what you're saying is right 
that I'm that it's that it's anathema to me. But uh, it's happening slowly, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm very, very disappointed. I'm very disappointed that someone would work in whatever industry knowing that they work for or around a man who could be uh, have these levels, these numbers of allegations against him, things as serious as rape, and not do a fucking thing. Yeah, Judd Apatow has been tweeting about this, and he said, you know, one thing you can do, for example, is like not work as an attorney for someone who has been accused of all this. Yeah, you could choose your cases. Because uh, even with Kevin Spacey, his you know new allegations are coming out daily. Yeah, and, his agent dropped him. And his attorney keeps releasing statements saying that he denies all of these allegations. And this attorney could choose not to do this anymore. Because yeah. there have been so, I mean, it's it's another Bill Cosby situation where there's just so many accusations. Same with Harvey Weinstein, Mark Halperin. Anytime this happens, you hear one accusation and then you wait for the pile on because there's inevitably more. Yeah, that's right. And Because these people don't just do it once, especially if they're not getting caught. They're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, no consequence. Yeah. And so Kevin Spacey has many consequences at this point. And he's doing the, the typical thing that they do, which is I'm going to get help. Right. Well, which is which is a, a stark contrast to his first statement of, oh, wow, I I don't remember this happening. But if it happened, I'm so sorry. I blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, of if this alcohol induced blah, blah, blah happened. Well, the first question would be. Why are you drunk alone with a 14-year-old boy, you fucker? Yeah, it was so weird watching the reaction to the first accusation of Kevin Spacey was very strange to me because there were people defending him saying, I just don't feel like he would be a predator. You feel like it? What? Okay, you mean the actor that you don't know personally? You're shocked <laughs> that he would be a predator yeah. because you loved him so much in American Beauty? You know, it, it happens. And you need to accept it, okay? Yeah. Um, he's an actor. He makes you like him. That's he's what not happens. really Frank Underwood. Yeah. That's not him. He's Kevin Spacey. Yeah, it's it's so strange. But um, I, I hope that with people seeing, oh, shit, <laughs> there are actually consequences. There have to be people out there that are scared, that have done things. Oh, many, many more probably. And... They are nervous that this is going to start coming out. And people like Judd Apatow obviously don't have to worry because they are going after these people. Yeah. You know, and so there are people, there are men that exist in these fields that haven't done these things. Yeah. Um, and they don't have anything to be afraid of. On the Kevin Spacey thing, I wonder if we have friends, gay friends, who were kind of taking our take on it, but they were angry about the fact that they their people in their community were kind of rallying around or making excuses for Kevin Spacey because of the fact that he used that moment. He took advantage of that moment to make it about him coming out. And I wonder if those same people are now bothered that he took something that really is an important moment in 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 a in a gay man or a gay woman's life to come out as out of the closet. I wonder if they, they're bothered by the fact that he he sullied that by trying to cover up for attempted child molestation, allegedly. Well, of course they are. There, there was an immediate outrage because Kevin Spacey's 58 years old. Yeah. He's had his whole life to come out. And, and he also said he's choosing and be to an, live as a gay man. Be an example for... Um, people in the LGBT community and um, show them that you can be your your true, genuine self and be successful and blah, 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 like so many prominent LGBTQ people have. But instead, he has lived his life not talking about his sexual orientation, which is fine, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then he uses it to come out when he needs to cover up yeah, a you, story exactly right. of him being a predator. He uses it as cover. So... That's a problem. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, uh, Emma, th- listen, thanks for the email. Look, I'm coming around, I guess. I've softened my position. Uh, not quite there yet, but we'll see. I'm going to give it some more thought, and uh, we will, uh, we'll see where we land. We'll see where we land. Uh, we have two more voicemails. Goddamn. Um, and then we'll get on to the rest of the program. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. It's Gene from Benita Springs, Florida again. Um, I just wanted to talk about something that happened to me earlier today. I was going through Facebook at work, and I saw a video posted um, by one of my friends about a TA at some college that picks black women over white men. You know, I watched the video. It was a good video to watch. I found it interesting, but, you know, I had mixed feelings about it. Now, when I tried to express my feelings on the status, thinking that's no big deal, I got destroyed, saying that if I don't understand the struggle of women of color, or women in general, I should basically shut up. And I honestly, I took offense to that, because, you know, as a man, I mean, it's of no fault of my own that I'm a man. But just because I want to understand, and I want to understand different struggles, and honestly, I can say, oh, women of color, you know, I kind of have some of the same stuff, too. I mean, I don't have everything, because of course I'm not a woman, but, you know, the color part, definitely get that. So I would just, I would just need some help understanding, but I kept getting slammed. You know, and I think this is a problem that's going on. Uh, you know, all over the internet where a lot of people may have just maybe a little different view and maybe just want to understand a little bit more and they get accused to about I'm sorry, get accused of not being part of the solution and that's I don't feel like that was the case maybe I'm wrong but I felt like I was being attacked just for you know, not necessarily agreeing, and I don't think that's the right way to go about it. I know, Brittany, you have a lot of issues with talking to people, um, talking to people online, and you too, Jesse. Have you come across this before, and how do you deal with it? <laughs> oh, God. Why is this always something that comes up, my Facebook behavior? <laughs> Um, well, you I think you're a model. You 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 do an extraordinarily good job. Better better than I could ever do. That's why I always hold you I hold you up on a pedestal as an example of how to behave online. You 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 know you you miss the mark occasionally. But Yeah, I haven't been uh debating people lately actually. I've kind of taken a a break. In fact, my links haven't been inspiring debate like they used to. There was a giant blow up that happened a couple months ago. And since that happened, I haven't had a lot of hmm. discussion. Um, but I also told a story about um, when someone tagged me to call me in for help that one time. Oh, um, yeah. When- oh, it was about the uh, about something about Trump's craziness. And yeah. then they oh, you're creating an unsafe space for the ableist blah they went crazy yeah and i i wasn't going to make a comment until people saw that she was trying to get me in for help and then they were like she britney page better not come in here and i was like <laughs> here i come uh so <laughs> so and i tried to reason with those people uh. and i said i just i took a very metered approach and i said listen i get where you guys are coming from and you, you feel attacked by this comment because she said crazy, whatever. Um, but, but what you're doing isn't helping because this person is on your team. Yeah. And so you're alienating someone who is on your team. And that doesn't make sense. So I know that emotions run high, especially on Facebook, particularly as it relates to these kinds of conversations. Yeah. But I'm wondering if he took a step back and just said, listen, I understand your frustration and that I may not say the right thing right now, but I, I'm genuinely curious and I genuinely want to know. Yeah, I think that's a great approach. And I'm genuinely trying to learn. So please don't lash out at me because that's not helpful. 
Well, this is the kind of what I was talking about earlier about um, attacking um, people when they ask a question. You're not quite sure they're trying to learn, you know, like the Sean from Virginia call. It's not piling on if the guy's if he's if you believe he's halfway there, but the other part of it's not right. It's similar to a conversation I had with Marissa McCool on the Inciting Incident podcast about talking to people. Well, I brought up the case of um, Sarah Silverman's new show on Hulu and her very opening episode, her inaugural episode or pilot, I guess, that she sings a song. And in the middle of the song where she's walking through this fake town, she comes up against uh D- Donna from Parks and Rec, that mm-hmm. the black actress. And she says, oh, I want to be an ally. How can I be more of an ally? And Donna says to her, it's not my job to tell you how to be an ally. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then they move on. The song goes on. And I don't like that sentiment. If I want to be an ally, whether it be to the trans community or the LB- LGBTQ community in general or to women, and I want to understand and I ask I shouldn't be attacked for that. I should be, look, yes, we want you. Let me explain this to you. If I use the wrong pronoun for a trans person, it shouldn't be an attack. It should be, yeah, you know what? This is what I prefer. Awesome. Let's move on. And now I know. I learned. Now, I understand, for instance, if someone asks me, a, I can't think of anything. Let's say someone asks me a question about being a redhead. And I get that all the time, let's say. For them, it's the first time they've asked the question. For me, it's the one millionth time I've heard it. So it bothers me, mm-hmm. but I have to look at it from the, their perspective. The empathy that you think needs to come this way, actually, I think needs more to come the, to go the other way. I need to be empathetic of that person, that they're not the one millionth person who's asked. They're the first person in their mind. And a lot of this, for these types of things, James, like in that thread, I think... One, I think your language probably needs to be more open and seeking knowledge rather than challenging. Um, but also on the other side, they're not listening, so this isn't really going to go anywhere. People who are like women of color and their struggle and they want you to understand their struggle, there's a defensiveness. I think naturally there's a defensiveness. And we need to break down that barrier with open arms and an open invitation to Help me learn. Help me know more. So I hope that that answered your question. I'm not sure that it was super informative because <laughs> I I don't have quite the, the kind of answers Brittany Page does. I don't think that I did particularly well with that. So <laughs> let's not turn this into a trophy situation. Brittany is Love the, show. the best part. Brittany's the best part. All right. We have one more voicemail. Jesus, we are late in the show. Um, let's take the voicemail, then we'll assess where we are and what we're going to do, since this is a hashtag third episode week for you guys. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, this is Christopher from Las Vegas. I used to be from Maryland, uh, but now with the San Antonio church shooting and the Las Vegas shooting about a month ago, is it now finally time for people to say that they should be more scared of the American white male in the United States than any Muslim terrorist? Uh, simple question. If you guys can give me your thoughts, I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Ah, uh, wow. Well, listen, I think, and I'm going to, I'm getting ready to do something that I fucking hate when people do, but statistically speaking, you are more at your, uh, the white male is more of a threat to anyone in the country, women, people of color, just general other random white males than a terrorist. It's just the way it is. White men do more goddamn damage in this country than Muslims. And that's including 9-11. So statistically speaking, yes, but it's going to be hard to, to get someone to wrap their brain around that because of the fact that we fear what we're unfamiliar with. We fear what we don't know. Islam is scary to many of us because we don't understand it. Islam has a lot of the same tenets of Christianity. It's just Christianity went through a reformation and it's no longer acceptable to kill homosexuals. It still is acceptable in many parts of the Muslim world to do so. So until that happens, 
well, it probably never will be um, totally understood and it'll be feared because it's different. Same with, you know, Hinduism. People look at a turban on a Sikh and they think it's a Muslim because they don't fucking know. They haven't spent the time to understand and educate themselves. But I agree with you, Christopher. Or I, I don't know that that was your position or you're just posing a question. It is certainly something that can be argued from a statistics basis. It is factual. I will say, um, just in response to what you said, that I think that liberals tend to be a little more reluctant to criticize Islam, although they are perfectly content to criticize Christianity. Yeah. And that is something that confuses me because it isn't um, racist to criticize Islam, the ideas within Islam, similar to how people do with Christianity. If you're criticizing religion... You're criticizing religion. You're criticizing yeah. ideas. So that is okay. Of course, Republicans have the opposite problem where... They ignore Christianity yes, and shit on Islam. Yes, yeah. and even sometimes take it a little too far um, where you have people rightly calling out Donald Trump for immediately reacting to the terrorist attack in New York, calling him an animal or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. And then he reacts to the Texas shooting yesterday and immediately tweets about, you know, God bless the people that have been affected. Nothing about that guy being an animal. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, He killed four times more people. Yeah, it's very inconsistent reactions that you see. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where I'm going well, with that. Well, no, no, no. Listen, it, it's, it's interesting because... Especially where, look, now that I still, you know, I'm, I'm hesitantly considering myself a liberal, but I, I am. I get called, you know, a cuck now, so I'm a liberal. <laughs> uh, it is true that liberals are very weird about not criticizing Islam. When the Women's March happens and their logo is a woman in a hijab. A hijab is oppressive of women. You, you're you forced to wear this thing over your hair because the religion tells you you have to. That Christianity gets criticized because of its positions on homosexuality and gay marriage. But where, where they have the same views in Islam, the same views in their text as Christianity, but liberals keep their mouth shut about that. That's a problem. That's a disparity that should not exist. If the words of your book are shitty, the words of your book are shitty, and we shouldn't ignore talking about that. Anyway, listen, we I, here's what we're going to do. Because this is a hashtag third episode week, because we missed an episode last week, we, I'm going to put this out, just these the, the, the responses to the voicemails and the emails. We'll have this listener extravaganza. <laughs> and then tonight, we'll record episode 353, which will be all the different topics, and we can address them one by one without any listener communication unless th things come in between. So we love you guys. We appreciate you. I would play the Patreon mid-roll, but we're at the end of the show, so we're not going to do that. We do have some new listener supporters. People have amended their pledges, bumped their pledges, which is awesome, getting us closer and closer to that third episode per week. Um, and then we also have some new Patreon supporters in the family that are brand new. So, Deanne, Brenna... De Deanne and Brenna... And Amy... And Amy. Edited their pledge. That is awesome. Edited it up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then our new Patreon supporters are Dave the Puppet. Dave the Puppet. Genevieve. You're the Puppet. Genevieve. Michael. Michael. And another Michael. And another Michael. Michael C. And Michael M. Michael C. Michael M. Mm -hmm. Listen, thank you guys. We appreciate you so much um we are we are intent on moving the conversation forward and it is with your help you partnering with us to sponsor the show to help produce the show to bring bonus episodes to life that wouldn't be there otherwise you guys are awesome we appreciate you and until next time for Brittany page oh wait <laughs> <laughs>
No. I'm going to drop the phone number. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you about topics on this show, past shows, things you think we should do, whatever. We want to hear from you. We appreciate it. Now, until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. I cannot fucking wait till that fucking dumb shit gets his. I hope you know I'm talking about fucking Trump. <laughs>